Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. For many of us, we're now into week five of self-isolation or staying home as we deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. That has led many of us to test out our skills in the kitchen, whether it be baking or cooking. There are a lot of things to be aware of to keep ourselves safe in the kitchen. Today we're joined by Gina Centerlin. She is the food and consumer relations specialist as well as dietitian with Manitoba Chicken Producers. She'll help us keep those who are new to meal prep safe and give us a few new ideas of how we can incorporate our entire family when meal planning. That's today on Connections. Today we're joined by Gina Centerlin. She's the food and consumer relations specialist and dietitian with Manitoba Chicken Producers. And as we deal with the COVID-19 pandemic, many of us have made our way back into the kitchen, a place that we don't often spend time in when we have such a busy schedule. Tell me a little bit about um, meal prep and, and how we can prepare, because like you said, a lot of us Really, it was mom, dad made meals or they had something already prepared. It wasn't something they thought about because we're in the office. We're too busy. We don't have time to think about any of these things. Now we're in a world where we have the time to do this. Where do we start if we're first timers when it comes to meal prep? Well, I think it's always important to have a safe kitchen. And we've all been inundated with information about, you know, washing our hands and and taking those kind of precautions. Um, It's also important when you're cooking to practice food safety. So the very first thing you should always do before you start cooking is to wash your hands with warm, soapy water for at least 20 seconds. We've heard that mantra, but this, this applies to when it comes to safe food prep. So think about that concept of, you know, again, singing the alphabet in your mind or happy birthday or even out loud if you want to. <laughs> um, and that really applies uh, as well to preparing our food safely too. In addition, we always want to make sure that we wash our cutting boards and our counters and all of our dishes with hot, soapy water before and after working in the kitchen. And this especially applies when it comes to preparing our uncooked meat, our fish, our chicken. Um, and, And one of the questions I get asked a lot is, do we need to rinse our chicken before cooking? And the answer to that is absolutely not. You do not need to rinse your chicken You don't rinse your steak, for example, so why would you rinse your chicken? Because that can actually um, spread droplets, uh, you know, into the sink and maybe onto the surrounding counters. You do not need to rinse your chicken. It is safe to cook. The best way to ensure that your chicken and other meats are cooked properly is to use an oven thermometer. So I love to have a meat thermometer. It is absolutely my favorite kitchen tool. If you have one in the back of your kitchen drawer, this is the time to pull it out. And that will ensure that you're cooking your meat properly. It's very simple. So for boneless and bone-in chicken pieces, easy number to remember. And for ground chicken, is it should be 165 degrees. You always use a meat thermometer into the thickest part of the chicken. So for example, often it's the chicken breast. You insert that meat thermometer in, you let it come up to temperature. So chicken parts and ground chicken, 165 degrees. If on the weekend you're going to roast that lovely whole chicken, it should be 180 degrees. And it's that simple to make sure that your chicken is properly cooked. After you've worked with any kind of raw meat or chicken, it's important to use hot soapy water to clean things like utensils, knives, sinks. And if you have a dishwasher, use it. If you're extra concerned then you can make a weak bleach solution. Very easy. A teaspoon of bleach, three cups of water, put it into a spray bottle, and you can 
wash your cutting boards with, you know, hot soapy water and then just give them a little spray of this water and bleach solution and let them dry. Another great tip for a safe kitchen, Colleen, is to have separate cutting boards. So one cutting board for your meat and poultry and then a different cutting board for fruits, vegetables and bread. And it's best to use an acrylic, glass or plastic cutting board for your chicken and other meat. And then have, you know, if you enjoy and have a beautiful wooden cutting board, use that for your fruits and vegetables and your bread. Wooden cutting boards tend to be porous and they do create that environment that may potentially allow bacteria to grow. So using that glass or plastic or acrylic board, and those are great too because they can go right into the dishwasher and you can sanitize them in the dishwasher or just hot soapy water. Or if you're being extra cautious, you know that, that weak solution of bleach, keep it in a spray bottle, have it labeled in your kitchen, and then you can use it. Now, when it comes to meal planning, and you said incorporating the family in on that, tell me a little bit more about how we can make that all work now that we have everybody in the household. Yeah, so I think just like um, you know, starting out with that inventory of what you have and what meals you can make. So, you know, usually things we brought in our house, and we have on hand, it's because we had some kind of vision or inspiration for making something with it. So start by going, hmm, you know what? Um, I bought this rotini pasta because I was going to make this pasta salad. So now what are the other ingredients that I need to complete that pasta salad? Or um, go on manitobachicken.ca and we've got a massive roster of recipes. And that might also give you inspiration too to start the meal planning process. I think it can be a round table table idea too where everyone comes up with at least one meal idea. Even, you know, even a family member that says, oh, I have no idea, I'll eat anything, just sort of, you know, push a little bit and say, well, if you could have your favorite meal right now, what would it be? And then add those items to your grocery list. And I think it can be just a creative process and, and something that, you know, if you don't love to cook, cook enough of something so that you cook once and you can eat twice. That's when things like lasagnas, casseroles, I'm making big pots of soup pretty much every day so that we can have some for supper and have enough leftover for lunch the next day. One pan meals or dishes are also great. And um, sometimes, you know, you just need to do a little bit of, of looking at websites and scrolling or pull out some favorite recipe books that you haven't used for a while and, and use that to help you come up with meal ideas. What about uh, homes with picky little children who don't want to eat anything or homes that have um, multiple um, dietary issues or restrictions? Yeah, of course, those are always challenging and maybe become a little more challenging in these times when, when sometimes our stress is a little bit higher. But, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about cooking from home or cooking from scratch is that most recipes will have some flexibility. Like for example, tonight I'm making our tropical chicken taquitos. And one of the things that it suggests is having fresh pineapple. So it's sort of that savory and sweet combination with chicken and cheese. It also suggests having a red onion. Well, I don't have a red onion. um, And I also don't have a fresh pineapple, but I do have canned. So you can always, you know, swap ingredients add a favorite ingredient, delete another ingredient. One of my sons really doesn't like peppers of any variety. So I'll make a pot of chili. I'll add an extra can of a different kind of beans, like chickpeas. But, you know, I'll, for him, sometimes I'll skip adding the pepper or sometimes I don't have it. And it still comes out great. 
So, you know, those are ways that you can be flexible. You can swap one ingredient for another. Like, for example, if a recipe says cheese, you can use any variety of cheese most often. Um, so there's there's lots of shortcuts. There's lots of ways to add and delete. And as someone who knows food and um, really the the preparation of it all, do you find that if a kid is involved, do you find that they're more likely to eat the item uh, if they're involved in the process of making it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right from the get-go. If it's their idea, if even even for older people like, you know, ourselves, if it's our dinner inspiration, we're very proud of that. We've come up with a great meal plan for our family or a great recipe idea. Yeah, anytime we're involved, we're certainly more inclined to want to try it and enjoy it. And we, we feel proud, you know, of contributing to the family and, and maybe even more so now. And I think, you know, cooking is such a nice diversion from all the noise and everything that's going on around us. So certainly even getting the youngest family member involved and they really feel valued and important and we all really want to help out in a way. And this, this is a way that we can all help out. Cooking together, doing meal prep and planning and even helping to create that grocery list or even taking that inventory of the pantry. With my oldest son, I went through the items in our pantry and, um, you know, he helped me label them with a Sharpie, and that was great because now we've got this, this ultra-organized pantry. We certainly don't want to waste food. But, yeah, anytime we can be involved and do something that's very helpful, then I think we feel good about ourselves regardless of our age. We're all kind of turning to comfort food these days, um, especially in the beginning of all of this and self-isolation and being at home. Is it okay to have some of that, or should we be avoiding it altogether? I always think it's fine to have a few favorite treats on hand if that's something that your food budget allows. I don't think we should be eating treats every single <laughs> day or, you know, having having really unhealthy snacks every evening. Um, something that, you know, people maybe they haven't done a lot of this before and maybe they do have a little bit of a gift of time is to make your own treats. Baking can be a really fun, creative process. One of the easiest things to do is to make muffins. So maybe if you are going to be doing a grocery shopping trip and you don't have muffin tin liners as part of your list, maybe add it because quick breads and muffins are super easy. So are making homemade cookies. So having some flour, baking powder, maybe add some chocolate chips or some, some nuts onto your um, grocery list for those pantry staples, some vanilla, um, that can go a long way and it can be really fun to explore some, some baked items and healthier too when you make your own treats. Certainly you can control the ingredients, the amount of sugar, the amount of salt. Um, yeah, so I think that that can be a fun way to enjoy a treat together as a family. But if every family member has their favorite treat, you know, for example, my husband's favorite treat is peanuts then that can be added on to the grocery list. And nuts are still a great source of protein and can be a treat. If someone else's favorite treat is a cracker with a you know couple different kinds of cheese, again, that's a healthy treat. So I don't think we should be eating treats every single day, but I do think that we still need to kind of mark the weekends and do a family movie night. Another, my favorite treat, is making popcorn. And um, I just make it with a little bit of oil, canola oil and the bottom of a heavy pan and boy that's a healthy treat high in fiber and I love doing that on a Friday or Saturday night so I don't want to change those traditions either. 
You know, it's not a time for deprivation either. So, yeah, my other son's favorite treat is, is goldfish crackers. A little bit of a comfort food reminds him of when he was a lot younger and he's studying for online university exams. So I'll buy him a little bag of goldfish and uh, let him enjoy those on the weekend. So, yeah, it's all about moderation and 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 certainly food is still enjoyment too and and I don't think there's anything wrong with a treat. For people who want to learn more about yourself, uh, about the Manitoba Chicken Producers, or if they want to find out about all those resources that you were telling us about and the recipes, how do they go about doing that? You can go to manitobachicken.ca. We've got a huge roster of recipes. We've also got our cooking school that will take you through all kinds of information on food prep, food safety, how to cook chicken properly, We've got our YouTube channel. You can follow us on social media. We're posting every single day on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at Manitoba Chicken. And if you're wanting some great, great meal and recipe inspiration, we've got a whole bunch of 60-second meal idea videos. So you can look at those and decide if you want to make that recipe because you can see the whole recipe made in 60 seconds. Any last words that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Well, I think we all need to take a deep breath each day and be thankful if we wake up well and healthy. And this is an opportunity to do some meal planning, maybe expand your culinary skills, and just take one day at a time. And I'd like to, you know, wish everyone out there the best of health. Thank you so much for all of your advice and your tips today, Gina. Remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation again, you can always do that by visiting your radio station's website. We'll talk to you again on Connections.